Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and good Erev Yom Tov. Wow. Yom Kippur just behind us. Sukkos, please God, coming. And we have Ha'azinu, Parshas Ha'azinu, for the Shabbos Kriya Satora. According to the Chinuch, the count of 613 has been completed in last week's parsha of Vayelech with the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. The Ramban, however, counts at the beginning of Parshas Ha'azinu, the third pasuk, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havugodel Lelokeinu, he understands this to be the biblical mitzvah of the recitation of Birchas HaTorah, the Jew every morning recites Zemachlokes, whether it's two brachos or three brachos. We follow Ashkenazim, the opinion that it's two, and therefore Vitzivanu. And the first bracha is uh, that we recite every single morning. Wow. La'asok B'divrei Sora, literally to be involved with Torah, that it should be, quote, an ASEC, like a business. And as a person um, is committed or engrossed in his business in order to provide for his physical needs, so too the Jew is to be engrossed in Torah to constantly grow. And we continue that paragraph with what would be considered perhaps a separate bracha, but our practice is that we consider the first one to be continuous, and so v'harevna, and we ask Hashem to please sweeten the words of Torah, and the bracha concludes, bracha to Hashem, blessed are you Hashem ha-malamid, Torah liamo Yisrael. He is the one who teaches Torah to his people Israel. And the second bracha every morning, literally the selection of Israel, the chosenness of Israel is the Torah. So the privilege that we have in uh, learning and receiving and being the Amat Torah. And Baruch Hashem no Sein HaTorah in the present. That every day we look upon the privilege that we have of receiving and learning His Torah. So according to the Ramban, this is nothing less than a biblical mitzvah. And you have as well in Parshas Ha'azinu, just one word about Ha'azinu itself. The Ramban, at the end of Parshas Ha'azinu, writes that if this song were to be written, uh, forgive me, even by a soothsayer, we were to treat it with respect because every word has come true, all the more so that it comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. And so we are to take the song of Ha'azinu especially seriously because it contains our past, our present, and our future. And the future of Klal Yisrael is assured in this uh, song of Ha'azinu. Just want to point out in the uh, uh, again towards the beginning of the um, song where you find the very 
powerful uh, term and perhaps criticism towards B'nai Yisrael, whereby the uh, song reads and tells us, Tzur Yuladcha Teshi Vatishkach El Mecholalecha. What does that mean, literally? That God gives man a gift of forgetfulness. What does that mean? Lo'aleinu, people go through all different kinds of situations, challenges in their life. And if they couldn't have the gift of shikha, of forgetfulness, they would never be able to continue. And what does the person do? Lo aleinu vatishkach, you use that gift that God has given you to enable you to continue. And who do you forget? Lo aleinu you forget God Himself. And maybe this is a very good transition for us in order to how do we not forget Hashem? So we're given the extension so to speak, of Yom Kippur with the forthcoming Yom Tov of Sukkos. And how do we connect the two? So clearly, as the Gemara tells us, what is the essence of Sukkah? Tsei midiras keva, leave your, quote, permanent abode and shave bidiras aroi and reside in a a temporary dwelling place. Now that we have gone through Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we can appreciate in our mind what is real and permanent and what is just transient. That Olam Hazer, this world, is Domele Prozor. It's only the antechamber, it's the entranceway, the preparation for the prosdor, for the main place, the main hall, which is, please God, the world to come. The famous story of the Chafetz Chaim, that the uh, visitor comes to the Chafetz Chaim and looks at his furniture, which was exceedingly Um, in very meager condition and he asked him how do you live like this? and the Chafetz Chaim said to the man where is your furniture? he says well it's at home I'm only passing through and said the Chafetz Chaim that's correct me too I'm only passing through now It's very hard, let's be honest, for all of us to live in such a way. However, watch, the same way that on the night of Pesach, we have an injection of Magid and that intensity of Sipu Yetzias Mitzrayim literally keeps us going all year long. And on the night, Lo'aleinu, of Tisha B'Av, we have that intensity of connecting with the Churban. Here, too, on Sukkot, we have this, quote, 
intensity, the ability to extend and to literally be in God's presence. And that's why what you have on Sukkos is it's a mitzvah which is done with the entire body of the person. I heard a very nice interpretation in the name of the Karen, the David, in that the sukkah is like an incubator. It's like we were newly born on Yom Kippur. And therefore, you need a transition from Yom Kippur into the, quote, everyday, I don't want to say real, but into the everyday life. And so you're told, go into the sukkah. And who is there into the sukkah? You have the Ushpizen. And each and every day you focus on and you're treated by a different one of the Ushpizen. And Avram Avinu, with his chesed and his achnosas orachim, and his training us that what is important, and Yitzchak with his gevura, and Yaakov with his emes and Torah, and each and every one of the seven hosts that are hosting us. We think that we are, quote, being nice, and we are, who are we inviting to the sukkah tonight? No, no, they are treating us. It's a very, very interesting, different way to look upon um, the, you know, sukkah. So let's just review some of the very basic laws of the sukkah. The Torah tells us that literally you are to reside in the sukkah seven days and you are to look upon the sukkah as if it is your dwelling. Now, in Eretz Yisrael, where Baruch Hashem, most of the time there is no rain, so many people actually put their furniture into the sukkah. It's more challenging for us in Chutzla Aretz, unless you have a um, a awning, you know, or a protection over your sukkah, and you have to know how to use that. It has to be open a little bit before Yom Tov, etc. Check with your local Orthodox, you know, rabbi in terms of how to operate, you know, an awning or as a mechanism that you could open and close on sukkah because you can't sit uh, under, you know, such an awning. I have to tell you, a sister of mine lives in Flatbush in Bar Hashem. She had company, and for the Russians that came to be there, uh, they were invited for one of the nights of sukkahs, and it was raining. And so uh, my sister explained that, uh, no, no, you can't get the mitzvah but they had never been in a sukkah, and they wanted to sit at least in the sukkah, you know, under the uh, canopy, under the awning. And so the answer is, that's not a sukkah. It's got to be under the sky. It can't be under a tree or any kind of an overhang. And the let's talk about the actual sukkah itself. Now when we say teshvu, teshvu means that you are to have all your activities ideally in the sukkah. You're to eat in the sukkah, you are to drink, you are to learn, your time should be spent entertaining guests, etc. That becomes your home. But I have to tell you when you say becomes your home, I don't believe that Technically speaking, if somebody wanted to watch TV in the sukkah, so I would tell you I think not. Why? Because Chag HaSukkos Shivas Yomim Lashem and Keshem Shachol Shem Shamayim Al HaSukkah Al HaKorban There is some sanctity to the sukkah itself and therefore 
inappropriate activities should not be done. One should be careful how they speak all the time, but especially one should be careful how they speak, you know, and what they speak, your table talk at your meals, you know, during the sukkah. Now, from the letter of the law, you have to eat in the sukkah if you're eating, quote, from the, quote, five grains, right? Meaning, if you have from wheat, barley, rye, oats, and spilt. So if you eat of that uh, a quantity larger than a beitzah, then alpidin, you have to be in the sukkah. Technically speaking, you can eat less than that outside the sukkah. Those things that you make a shahakol on, so uh, uh, fruits, vegetables, you know, can be eaten out, or can be eaten outside. However, if you have a sukkah close by, then it would not be considered yuhara, it would not be considered a spiritual show-off if you go into the sukkah even to have a glass of water. To maybe walk four blocks to the shul sukkah for a glass of water, I think that would be perhaps even yuhara. But to do so in your own home, if you have a sukkah close by, wow, what a privilege. Now, let's understand that this is so significant that we can appreciate the essence of what sukkah is all about. On the one hand, we find that Chazal tell us, the Maril and the Medrash points out, that if Lo'aleinu, it was decreed on uh, Yom Kippur that we have to go into Golos, into exile, then our sitting in a sukkah should be considered just that. We've gone out of our regular abode and we are in exile and therefore it should be looked upon upstairs as as if we went in Gullahs. Now, usually when a person goes and they travel, so there is the quote, inconvenience of travel, you don't have the luxuries of home when you come home, ah, home sweet home. Here, what we have in the sukkah is just the opposite. The sukkah is one of those rare mitzvos whereby we're taught that mitzta'er potemena sukkah. If somebody is uncomfortable, not one bee, there is a swarm of bees in the sukkah that makes sitting in the sukkah exceedingly uncomfortable. If there's a foul odor, if it's exceedingly hot, if it's exceedingly cold, then from the letter of the law, one is exempt. Why? Because kibasukos hoshavti has been Yisrael. You are to remember, and in fact, the Bach says that with other mitzvos, we have the concept that maybe you don't have to have kavana. But here, where the Torah tells us, especially the first two nights when you sit in the sukkah, you have to explain to everybody and appreciate why are we here. Because the sukkah, even though the Jewish people were in Gullus in the Midbar, and we go into Gullus now, Hashem provided for them in the Midbar a five star hotel. What does that mean? Come on, I put my suit outside my door at nighttime in the hotel. Now, most hotels will not give you immediate service. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the Ananei HaKavod, literally uh, pressed, cleansed our clothing so that in the morning it was like fresh and new. You had the mun coming down from Shemayim. You had the water coming from the Be'er. You had the Ananei Kavod, which gave us protection. And it was all weather 
climate control. It gave us air conditioning by day. It gave us heat by night. So you had all the luxuries of home plus, and therefore, unlike Let's, I don't like matzah. You don't have to like the matzah. Just eat it. Eat it. I don't like wine. You don't have to like the wine. Just drink it. Drink it. However, when it comes to the sukkah, one has to be careful. On the first night, most agree that mitzta'ir does not apply. Why? Because the first night, there is a very important gzairah shava that we learn out. Tesvav, Tesvav, Chamishasa, Chamishasa, from the mitzvah of Matzah. And just as on the night of uh, Pesach Seder, you must eat the Matzah. Similarly, on the night, first night, and in Chutzla Ares, the first two nights of Sukkos, you must eat in the Sukkah. All right? Now, you must eat in the Sukkah when it is definitively night. You can't take in Sukkos early. Oh, you can take it in early in terms of not doing malacha, but in terms of getting the mitzvah of Sukkah, it's not until it is nighttime. Now, if it should R-A-I-N, and hopefully it won't, but if it should R-A-I-N, you should know very important that throughout the week of Sukkot, other than the first two nights, if it is raining, it's not Sukkot. What does that mean? You don't have to wait. It's raining. I want to eat now. I can eat in the house. However, on the first two nights, listen carefully, the first night you have to wait. Ideally, you should wait till mid the night. However, because that would disturb the Shalom Bayis and the uh, Oneg Yomtov. So the halacha says you wait approximately 45 minutes and an hour. It's still raining. Go in the sukkah with your raincoat and make kiddush. And go in the house and wash. And take in a plastic bag, a piece of challah. And make a motzi in the sukkah without the leshe basuka. You can't make a leshe basuka if it's raining. And this applies to the first night. On the second night, should it be raining, then the Halacha says that you don't have to wait. What you would do is, on the second night, you would go and make Kiddush and eat in your home. But afterwards, you should wait for the rain to stop. And if the rain does stop, you are to eat more than a kibitza of bread in the sukkah with leshev pasukkah. Okay. So this at least covers a little bit of the mitzvah of Yeshiva Basukah. The minog is that you come to my sukkah, I'll give you some mizonos. If you're going to have more than a kabeza, more than the volume of an egg of mizonos, you're going to make two brachos, the bracha of mizonos and the bracha of leshev basukah. Now, one more thing about the sukkah. If you're using a canvas sukkah, make sure that the walls are especially taut, that they are tight. And the schach has to be, as we know, detached from the ground, not subject to tumor, can't be a kli. And um, the point is that the sukkah becomes muktza the entire week of Sukkos. What does that mean? It's Hukzolimitzvasa. If I'd like to go fishing during 
the cholamoid. I cannot take one of the bamboo poles off the uh, sukkah, off the top, and even though there's enough to, for it still to be kosher, I cannot do that. And finally, I can't take one of the walls down during sukkahs to play ping pong, and I'll put it back up, you know, etc. later on. Okay, now, the... Um, Next, let us just remind ourselves that we have the mitzvah of the Arba Minim, the four species that we take on Sukkos, and they are the Lulav, which is the date palm, and that was amazing. None of this is found explicitly in the Torah, but this is Torah Shabbat Alper, and this is the excitement thereof. A palm branch, which is the lulav. We take an esrog, which is the citron. We take three hadasim, three myrtle branches, and two aravos, two willow branches. Okay, and the halacha says that ideally they are to be bound, and so with the spine of the lulav facing you, you have the three hadasim, the myrtle on your right, and you have the two aravos, you know, on your willows on your left. And if you are a righty, because the lulav has three out of the four, you have that in your right hand. You have the esrog in your left hand. And when you first take it, you have the esrog down. What does that mean? Where the pitom is, or if you have an esrog without a pitom, but the top of it is down, because the mitzvah is to take a derech gidulasan, the way it grows, so you make the bracha over lasiyasan, you make the bracha before you fulfill the mitzvah, that is right, and then after you finish the bracha on the first day, two brachos on the tilas lulav and the bracha of Shechianu. And so, first the two brachos, then you turn it around and you shake the arba minim right in the various uh, uh, directions. You go first to well, there are different ways of uh, doing the na'anuim, uh, the idea of. Uh, right, we go first to east, south, north, west. Okay, uh, different ways of shaking the um, Arba Minim. There's much more than I could say, and my time is exceedingly limited. I just want to take this opportunity of wishing everybody a Gemar Chasimatova and a wonderful Yom Tov, to appreciate that Sukkos is man simchaseinu, the incredible ability of the Jew, that when he's not in his home, he could be especially happy. We have this incredible trait. By Pesach, the Torah doesn't mention Simcha once. By Shavuos, the Torah mentions it once. By Sukkos, the Torah mentions Simcha three times. What do we say in our prayers? Yala v'yavo, Chaga Sukkos, Zaman Simcha Seinu. I wish true Simcha for everybody, for all of Klai Yisrael, and Amir Hashem, we should enjoy the forthcoming Yom Tov with this wonderful mitzvot. I wish Nachum and his family, all our listeners, a wonderful Yom Tov and Chag Sameach. And Shabbat Shalom to all.